Welcome to a brand new episode of Use of the Next Podcast, and I'm your host, Lama. I'd like to thank y'all all for tuning in. It's each and every week I bring y'all an episode of Somebody Talking About They Ex. And this week is episode 36, but it's a special one. I sit down with former NFL player Vincent Ray, who spent nine years playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. We sit down and talk about his childhood growing up in Far Rockaway, his transition from high school football to college football, then later getting signed to the Cincinnati Bengals. He even told some personal stories that he never told anyone. It was just an overall great conversation that I had with Vinny. We've known each other since teenagers, so we watched each other grow into men. And just watching Vinny, he's an inspiration. He's a person that you want to look up to. And he's a key example of doing right, listening to your parents, listening to authorities. You'll get to high places. So with all that said, tune in to episode 36 featuring Vincent Ray, an ex-NFL player. Make sure y'all like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast app. I have merch on sale on viewsofnext.com. And please feel free to comment on this episode. Thank y'all. See y'all next Thursday. Still be listening to your joints here and there. You do, <laughs> yeah. Some of them be a little OD for me. Like, I be like, dang. So what they saying, or, or just the the story? Like the story, like, like, dang, like, <laughs> man, like, like that extra hard. But the thing is, a lot of people deal with it. Yeah, I know. It's all different. It's similar breakups, different stories. Yeah, but yeah, you know my my right, my podcast is about ex relationships. So yeah. I had my nephew on here, and he gave me the idea to branch out and use that ex word for ex other lifestyles or other hobbies or whatever. So that's why I have you here because you was an ex NFL player. Yeah. So this is it's it's a, it's a good way to, to to broaden the brand and, and and reach out to other people. Creative. Yeah, yeah. So it was a good idea. Thank you for joining me. Views of the next podcast. I'm the host, Lama. I'll never do it like this, but I'm trying to be professional, you know? <laughs> All right. I got Vinny Ray here, who's a former Cincinnati Bengal player, former high school uh, at Bayside, from Far Rockaway, all of that, you know, good stuff. And I've known you since freaking childhood all the way to adulthood, and it was good. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was mad last minute to get you on here. Yeah. I, I thought about it like two days ago because I didn't have a guest. I was like, let me ask Vinny if you want to do this. And he was like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah. But nice to have you, man. So For Vinny, sure. Tell the people who you are, man. You're Vinny Ray, but there's more to you just than just a football player. Yes. My name is Vinny Ray. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm Vinny. I'm, you know, family call me Vincent. Um, I'm from Far Rockaway, born and raised. Both my parents from Brooklyn. Um, my pops, his family is West Indian. My mom's family from South Carolina, Carolina. But um, she, they, you know, she from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, she from Red Hook. My father from East Flatbush. And yeah, man, I, you know, born and raised in Far Rockaway. I have an older sister, younger brother, brother, and I've been playing football from the age of six Dang. till I was thirty-one. Sheesh. So every year of my life. 
Oh, damn near, yeah. <laughs> Every single year. So it's crazy. Like straight thin, six to thirty-one. But yeah, um, <clears throat> and going to high school, I wanted to go to a school that that had a good football team. No, 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 you know, wait, don't don't jump ahead. We're gonna start from your childhood, childhood. Snap. All right. So your parents. <laughs> so your parents are from Brooklyn. They had you in Brooklyn. Were you born in Brooklyn? No, nah, they got married September 6, nineteen eighty six, um, and they. My mother was living in, in Far Rockaway. She just moved out there. She's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm gonna just move out there. It's more, it's different from Brooklyn, you know." Yeah. Uh, and then my father, they got married, and he moved out there with her. Uh, September 6, nineteen eighty six. Yeah. I was born September 6, nineteen eighty seven. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, what was it like growing up in, in Far Rockaway? Yeah, um, man. I think. The most important thing is the family structure. I think having, you know, having great parents, specifically having a great father mm-hmm. is, man, it can make or break you. That's and uh, my father, I, I talk, you know, I speak very highly of him um, because, you know, he was a man in the community that um, was known as a football coach. He coached us in, with Pop Warner. We would we driving kids, you know, we pick up all the kids at, you know, different, wherever they live, different projects, wherever, uh, where we lived. And yeah, he was a great man. And, you know, having that family structure was huge for me. Uh, but yeah, Rockaway was a rough time, especially in the nineties. It was rough. Just like New York city in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Um, it's a, it was a rough area, yeah. but, I grew up in a in a church where most everybody who went to the church was from the community. Mm-hmm. So you really felt that community feel at the church. And that was like a safe haven for me. Gotcha. You never witnessed anything like avoided trouble, avoided something that was crazy in front of you, like a shooting or a fight, like anything like that? Well, like I remember maybe... I was like five years old, five or six years old. I remember it was uh, some some guys were shooting, shooting, shooting. And, uh, we're trying to get in the building, and my cousin's trying to open the door with his key, and he was shaking. You know, my cousin's probably like eight or nine. He's trying to open the door, and he can't. We can't get in. And I just took off running, but I was running towards the bullets. I didn't even know. Wow. So <laughs> you know, nobody. But, uh, nobody was like, "Yo, Vinay, what?" Are- no, I think my my mother came eventually ran and caught me, but uh, but yeah, I just remember that. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I I remember people. You know, I've I've had, there's a lot I haven't seen, yeah. but I just remember a guy. Uh, one of the saddest things was I was maybe 12, 13 years old, and where I'm from, everybody wants to go to Christ the King. To play, to play football. Rockaway to play Far Rockaway to Christ the King? Well, Christ the King, or even a lot of the guys, um, yeah, in Far Rockaway or in Queens in general. They, yeah, yeah. If, if you wanted to play football, you want to go to Christ the King. Yeah. Um, they look you pretty know. on the field. And <laughs> yeah, it's Catholic school. Like, yeah. wow, look at them. They're doing it. But yeah. there was a guy who had a scholarship already, a full ride, I believe, to West Virginia. And he was a he was an 11th or 12th grader 
And right, he lived in Edgemead Projects, right across the street from me. And he was shot and killed right there. God went on the roof and started shooting down the crowd. It was some issues that some guys had. He had no involvement. He was just there, just outside, no involvement. And he gets shot and killed, you know, and I'll never forget that. Yeah. How many people made it out of Far Rock? Like besides yourself, besides like rappers, I'm talking like athletes. Because when I think of Far Rock, it's, it's similar to like Coney Island, where it's like it's far away from everything, and you yeah, have your far. own like structured neighborhoods and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, um, the best athlete I've been around in through my high school years was a guy named James Romaine. James Romaine. Wow. I spoke to him not too long ago. That For real? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he was doing the arena yeah. football league, yeah. Yeah, he and he was a monster in arena. Yeah. He was a monster, man, like setting records and all that. Probably be a Hall of Famer or something for yeah. real. Yeah. In arena, but the yeah, he was the best athlete I've seen. He was uh incredible quickness. Yeah. Um, and then he had heart, you know, tough because he was thin, but he, he was tough, about six feet tall. He could do it all. A lot of junk, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that the thing is, I didn't know. I, me and James like grew up together, like six, seven, eight years old, yeah. playing football together. And he didn't talk much when we were younger, you know. Yeah. He didn't talk, but in high school, he was just talking trash. But at the end of the day, he could do that because he was backing it up. Yeah, he was like, nice, man. <laughs> anything he wanted to do, he could do. And um, you know, shout out to him. But uh, he, to me, he he was the best player. I've ever been around in, yeah, at that age, but yeah, in Rockwood. But yeah. there was other guys. There's another guy. I don't know him too too well like that, but we kind of we we from Far Rock, so we you know we know each other's names. Uh, Ricardo, uh, uh, Ricardo Remy, Ricky Remy. I don't know if you remember him. He played at Far Rock. He was an old lineman. He was all city. Yeah, yeah. He was my dude. Yeah. Um, and then there's a dude who there's a dude who is. In the NFL right now, from um, Far Rockaway, Rockaway. Wow. and I didn't even, I didn't even remember him. He said when I was in college, I came and spoke to his Pop Warner team. He was playing Pop Warner, right? The same team I played for. I played for the Far Rockaway Panthers, and now they call the Rockaway Ravens, but it's the same organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came back and spoke there. He said, yo, you spoke to me because last year, I guess we're going to talk about this later, but last year I was trying to get in. I wanted to make 10 years in the NFL. I had played nine. I was trying to get a 10th, and I flew out to uh, New uh, Jersey. I flew to New York to uh, for the Jets. Yeah. So I had to work out there, and he's like, he come up to me. He's like, yo, you Vinny? Yo, man. I was, his name was Foley. Yeah. His name was Foley. He said his last name, Fatu Kasi. So uh, I think Nigerian. Yeah. He's like, yo, I'm from Rockaway, man. I went to Beast Channel. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, and then I went six round. I'm, I got drafted. Like, I'm in the league now. Like, wow. you paved the way. Like, I was like, wow, look at this, man. Yeah. So you wanted a few athletes that made it out of Far Rock. Yeah. How does that feel? Like that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm uh you know, my whole my whole life is a blessing, man. I'm just so thankful thankful. Um and you know, I credit my parents, all my coaches. Um I've so there's so many people, specifically men that have been great leaders to me. Yeah. Um and you know, it's 
I think the most important thing and the the way I made it to the NFL and how I stayed, aside from the grace of God, how I stayed in the NFL, to me, is listening to authority. And people think like, what? Is the NFL just about being athletic? Nah, it's about listening to your coaches and doing what they say over and over and over as perfect as possible. The people who do that the most are the people who stay. The people who don't, people who can't stand to do it over time. They eventually leave. Yeah, yeah. You watched that happen a bunch of times. But let me go back to your high school career. Let's fast forward a little bit to your high school career. What made you choose Bayside? We went to Bayside together. What made you choose yeah. Bayside over Far Rock? So I chose Bayside. This is going to sound crazy to y'all, but uh, <laughs> to you, but I chose Bayside because they had a program called the SMART program, um, like science, math. Something like it all, it was an acronym. It all stood for yeah. something. It was like a really smart program. I could be in honors classes. That's, that's really what my mother chose that, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but my father also said, well, Bayside historically have been a, was a really good football team in Queens. Yeah. Uh, and, um, like, you know, in the what, 80s, early 80s, I think they was winning championships. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I chose there because my number one school was going to be Brooklyn Tech because I always liked math. <laughs> I was a math guy. So I'm like, yo, this is the top. This is one of the top schools. You know, it was a specialized school, like yeah. up there with Stuyvesant, Bronx Science. I was like, man, if I could get into there, that'd be great. Didn't pass the test. Then I'm like, Christ, the king would be next best. Yeah. You know, I got, I scored high enough to get in, but I only, they were only giving me a half scholarship and that wasn't going to be enough. Yeah. For us, we needed full. So my next choice, uh, I think my next choice after that was like Midwood, but I I got rejected. I got in the Bayside, man. Man, that travel, that that trip there was was crazy for you, right? Yeah, yeah describe it was, that. Like you had to wake up. How, like what time you had to wake up? Yeah, I was up five forty five every morning. I had to leave the house. My father was a train operator. Yeah, um, he drove the A train, so. We leaving the house around the same time. We left around, uh, I timed it. So I'm out the house quick. By six, I'm out. <laughs> I had to walk, you know, to the bus stop and I'm on the, I'm, it take me two hours to get to school on, on the bus. So Q113, 113, everybody know that's the longest journey. If you're from Queens, you already know, but that, that was like an hour. Like a good hour, like an hour five minutes. Hey. Um, I could hop on the van, but I didn't want to pay that dollar twenty five or dollar fifty. <laughs> you know, I do the metro call it. Yeah. So um, I hopped on the one thirteen, and then I then I hopped on the thirty one at like Archer. Uh, yeah. I hopped on the thirty one at Archer, and uh, you know that was a good fifty. So that's an hour, hey. uh, two hours. You spent four and, hours just doing that. You had to go to whole school and football practice. Your life was just over. It was all football mainly. Yeah, that's. That homework. <laughs> exactly. I was doing sometimes I, I didn't want to be on a crowded 113, like coming back from school. So after I get off the 31 at Jamaica Ave, I just hop on the J. I could I could take the J to the A, yeah. which is taking me into Brooklyn. But if I'm on the J, I get on the J at the first stop. So I got room there. Yeah, yeah. I could do my homework. I could do some reading. Yeah, all that. Smart. Yeah. 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 Right. And I'm not standing up on 113 for an hour. But yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Um, a lot of people like all right. Growing up, a lot of a lot of us didn't have a two parent household. You was like one of the few. How important mm-hmm. is that having that two parent? Man, that's 
that's my hope for all my mans, man. Like, yeah. is for you, is for everybody to, you know, you got a, you know, you got a girl you vibing with, you, you know, you could see you with her, you've been with her for a while and you, you could see yourself with her, like, just go ahead and just marry her. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't think she would turn it down if you've been with her for a while. Yeah. Because I think when you get married, like it just do so many things. It like, like it to me, it makes your girl more comfortable. Like, oh, all right, he put, you got the ring. Like he, he, <laughs> he went this to the end. Like till yeah. death do we part. And she's down for you all the way. And then my wife, like Noel, like it's so many ways that she helps me. Like and thinking through things yeah. um, that you know, as a man, I can only see one way. Yeah. You know, or not just one way, but I personally think men and women kind of think differently, and that woman intuition thing is real. Yeah. Like I really yeah. believe it's real. So she really gives me a different angle, and um, I, I don't, I don't really make a move without talking to her first because she she has such great advice, and it, it helps my 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 moves be good. So um. Yeah, it was powerful growing up in a two-parent household where no matter what they was going through, they were going through issues, they were still going to be together, yeah. you know? Um, That's rare, man. That's rare. And I used to see every time rare. we, like, have awards or, or they just come through, they you had, they was your biggest supporters. Yeah. Like, Dad, and then I see your mom and father all, every every time, every every time. Cool, cool parents. But um, that was a big thing for you. I was like, yo, he made it, and that was a big reason why. Having that that two parent, and when you look at a lot a lot of athletes, they have both of their parents, and it you see the father driving, you see the mother being the support. Mm-hmm. That's an important role. Yeah, um, that's what I want, and I want to see that in our culture so much. Yeah, like, man. I think that would be the thing that would change the narrative so crazy. Like, you know, if we really like took it serious, like those of us who having children, or not even forget children, just like our relationships. If we took it serious and were yeah. intentional. And just grown men with it, like man, it would. I think it would change the dynamic of our culture. Yeah. So, what was it like playing football? So, you went from uh, pop Warner to high school football. What was that transition like? Yeah. So, coming out to play at Bayside, I'm seeing all these dudes that I recognize from Pop Warner. Right. Like, I never spoke to them. We just played each other on the field. I see inside their helmet. I remember seeing them in their helmet. Like, yeah. uh, Dom, Dominique. Yeah. Dunton. Yeah. yeah, I remember him. Like, oh, I remember him. Um, Jared. Yeah, yeah. I remember him. I remember all these dudes. I'm like, yo, this the whole Rifles is out here. Like, <laughs> wow. Like, so, so it would cool. Yeah. Did that make you comfortable? Like, transitioning? At first, at first, I was a little nervous because... We was always, it for us it, when I was playing, it was always Panthers or far, it was Far Rock and then the rifles, which they was called Springfield rifles, but they from all over, over there, you know, Jamaica, Merrick, St. Albans. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I was nervous because I'm, I remember one time we lost against them and their parents yeah. was like, go back to the projects. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, who, like, who they think they are? They this Jamaica Queens, like yeah. y'all better than us, you know. Y'all like we all in this together. But anyway, yeah, I was at first I was a little nervous, but once I was able to get around them, I was like, yo, these dudes is nice, man. I'm 
I know it could make me better, like just yeah. competing with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a big thing, especially with me. I came from a basketball. I, all I knew was basketball, and they threw me on that football field, and I had to practice with y'all as a freshman. So yeah. me, I was skinny <laughs> as hell, practicing with varsity. I was scared as hell. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. this big. You remember who was on the line? It was like. Uh, oh, we was oh yeah, we and was, they had me yeah. at the end. Like get out, get out of here with that, man. <laughs> yeah, because it was like the whole line was like what it was Wilma, Billy, yeah, mm, big dudes, big Kenny Johnson, like, and Kenny. I was in the middle or somebody yeah. else. Yeah, oh man, you was the center, <laughs> yep. And I had yeah. to go get shot, but that helped me with uh my confidence because I was going to get shot every day, every day, going against Holy Cross. We practiced with them. That made yeah. me more confident as a as a football player. Cause you were straight basketball. I remember because, like, on the football field, you we could tell you was athletic, but you just didn't know how to move. Nah, like, was it? Like, <laughs> it wasn't my thing, you know. But in basketball, I remember see coming out to a game one time and like warm ups. I seen you doing it between the legs or something. Like, I was doing every dunk before my yeah. surgery, man. I was doing every. I, yeah. My nephews and stuff, they they were too young. They don't remember. So I was like, yo, I used to do this. They were like, you lying. You lying. <laughs> I seen it. Your calves was like this, man. Yeah. Like, nothing. Like, yo, yo your calves? <laughs> that was fun times, man. Um, yeah. But playing football, I, all right. So my sister told me about my nephew because my nephew has a big ass head, right? <laughs> so I said, yo, he has <laughs> Like a, me. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw him, I thought of you, right? So I was like, yo, he got a, a head size of Vinny's, right? So I was like, he'd be perfect for, for football. My sister's like, no, he's not playing football. He's not playing football. I'm like, yo, it's a, a good sport, especially growing up. Um, it teaches you so many lessons. So what's the, like, what's the importance of football in your, in your definition? Oh, man. I, there's so much. Um, listening to authority, again, is number one. Listening to your coach and doing it over and over and over. And then after you do it so many times and practice getting that three-point stance over and over and over, you realize you become an expert at that. Yeah. And it's just cool to do something and then see yourself become something Gradually else. Getting better, yeah. Yeah. So and I, and I, I take that uh, I take that lesson right there. Just keep pr- uh, practicing something until you perfect it with everything I do. So if I want to mm-hmm. learn how to DJ, I perfect it. I, I, I keep doing it, keep doing it. And that comes from football. Because you're doing, you, you doing three-point stances. You're doing handoffs, like mad times in practice. Like you're doing it a lot of times. So... It becomes mm-hmm. an easy thing for you. So everything I do in life, I just keep I I, I keep that in mind. Practice mm-hmm. to till it's perfect. That's it. Yeah, man. So I told my I told my sister, like, you gotta get him in football because it's structure, it's it's discipline. All of that stuff is implemented in football. You thinking about mm-hmm. the injuries, it's a mind game at the end. Like you get hurt, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a mind game. Yeah. You're right. And, and luckily we never got hurt like that. I got told my ACL, but we never got like hurt to the point like <laughs> Mm-hmm. We couldn't play anymore. And yeah, it was all, it was all mental. <laughs> we mm-hmm. were but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were one of the smartest uh athletes, student athletes, right? And um, mm-hmm. we used to all look at you and be like, "Yo, Vinny was an example of a student, a real student athlete." And that was thanks to your mom and pops and everything like that. Now, when it was time to go to college, what was that like? Who handled um, it? Like, was you um in control of that? Like. Yeah, well, uh, well, yeah, man, I, I just, you know, I pushed it being, and one of the things is the honor. I just want to say this, those honors classes mm-hmm. in, um, at, at Bayside, one thing I learned was when you're in the honors class, whatever grade you get, they most, you know, like 
your weighted average gets multiplied by 1.1. Meaning if I got an 80 in the honors class on my GPA weighted, like it's an 88. Or if I got a 90, it becomes a 99. Nobody knew that. So I didn't know. After my first semester, I seen like, they're like, okay, this is your GPA. Now this is your weighted GPA. My weighted GPA was higher because I had these honors classes. That's the come up. Now, yeah, they still got it. It's still the same way. Advanced placement classes, those higher ones is multiplied by 1.2. So if you get a 90 in the class, you in the AP class, you is actually uh 108. That's why some that's, that's why the girl yeah. in my class, the girl who got the who won valedictorian had 104 average. We like how you get above 99. Yeah. That's how. So yeah, man, it's so many things. I thought just I saw a difference in inequality um in going. I didn't you know that I went to prep school after yeah. I graduated and I just saw the difference in just going to a public school in New York City versus going to a private school. Yeah. Like, yo, out there at the private school, it was mandatory PSAT prep training, like for the entire school. Wow. I never took a PSAT class. Like yeah, yeah. you probably never did neither. No, I just you went know? straight to we, it. I went we just went straight to it. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know that, hey, on the on the SAT. You're not supposed to, if you don't know, don't fill it in because if you leave it, if you fill in something wrong, you get negative points. But if you leave it blank, you don't get nothing or lose nothing. It's all this. We didn't know. We just going in to take it. Yeah. You know, so I just saw so many structural inequalities, like differences from, from that. But anyway, man, going on, going to prep school and then going to college, it was another level, man. Just like, especially school, like Duke. Like it was just Wait, another level. That, what? How did oh. you get to? We we all right. So we graduated. Cap didn't help us get to the next level. Like nobody knew um, about going to uh, prep school or if JUCO was gonna be the next move. Like we did, we had to do our own thing. Like how did you know to go to prep school? Shoot. Um. So do so. This is how it happened. I'm yeah. a, so. Um. Cap, Coach Cap reached out to a dude who was like a like uh his name was coach paterzo i think older dude he was like most respected staten island coach mm-hmm. and he had a dude who he used to coach who was at the time a coordinator at duke wow yeah. and so basically they hit that dude up he his name's coach jerry azanero coach azanero comes to bayside Comes to Mr. Green class. I'm in class, Mr. Green's yeah. class, African American history. I, um, I go or African American literature. Go out to class. I meet this this coach. We watch my film. He watch my highlight tape was like the VHS, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like five plays long. He watched it. He said, "Cool, I want to bring you on a visit to Duke." I go on a visit to Duke, and they say, "Look, we don't have no scholarships left for this year because we heard about you late." But can you go to this prep school called Mercersburg Academy? Yeah. So that's how that happened. Oh, all right. So it was set up that way. Because when we heard it, it was like, wait, what, why are you doing that? Because you, you you had the good grades and everything. So he was like, why are you not just going straight to college? We ain't know. Like, everybody just knew, like, go to college, try to get to D1. But we ain't know there was steps. Go to JUCO if you ain't have the grades. Go to JUCO, get your weight up, and then. Yeah. I, I wish I would have knew that. I regret, like, not learning more about those steps. Cause uh, yeah, it for me it was bad. I went to a bad school. I went to, I, I was went to college because of drumline. Like I wanted to go to all black school because of drumline with Nick Cannon. <laughs> so I did that, not taking it serious. Uh, 
But um, yeah. that was a good move for you, especially like with Jovan and, and Dawson. They went to JUCO and then went on to D1 colleges. That was a good move. So I was like, mm-hmm. I should have did that. I should have did that. It was a lot of regrets on me. But um, for me, I mean, and it was like with that, it was mainly with that school, the school I picked. Yeah, I thought you were the. I thought you were gonna be the one that's going D one the next Man, year. I, I thought it was you. <laughs> you said what? I made bad moves. You want to know what happened? My mentor died my senior year, so I was left on my own. So my mentor got me into football, got me into Bayside, because he was a uh, teammates with Coach D, and then Coach D got me into Bayside. That's how oh. then he passed away out of nowhere my senior year. So I was left on my own. I was like, oh, y'all going to Virginia Union, Dom, and Chris. I was like, well, I'm coming with y'all. And then that was it. <laughs> yeah, I hate I had, that. Yeah, I had no mentor. I didn't know that. Yeah. Dang. I was, I was guided all the way until senior year. Yeah. yeah. See, us as, as young men, especially in that 13 to 17 age, we need multiple men guiding us. Right, right. Like, I had my father, but I also had... Uh, a guy, another guy at the church who was maybe in his early thirties, who was younger. You know, I also had our pastor. I also had Coach D. Yeah. You know, we need multiple dude like it older men. Like they said it takes a village. They right. So yeah, I, I always regretted that. Like, damn, I wish I would have took more time to study where I should have went and took it serious. I was just going with the flow. Like, all right, we're going to college. We're going to party. We're going to drink. We're going to do this. And yeah, man. So. Yeah. Uh, it's all good. You learn from it, though. Yeah, you get yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so you went and and you made it to Duke from from Mercersburg, right? Yeah. You went to D one college, like it, that's Duke, man. You you see all the basketball athletes. That's, yeah. that's a big school. So what was it like being a, a a small town city kid from Far Rock, um, going to this huge D one college? So my only Division one A cops, you know, offer was Duke. And I was cool with that. I was yeah. happy. You know, that was my, yeah, my only D1A offer. We used to get all these letters. <laughs> they yeah. Don't, that don't, they don't mean nothing, right? They don't. That We thought it meant something. We don't. I used we to show them drinks off. Like, yeah, I got Wisconsin. Yeah. I got Syracuse. I got, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to be showing them too. But like, they, all that really mean is that they want you to come to their camp. Yeah. You know, partially, yeah. mainly because they camp. want them. Yeah, I went to Syracuse camp and they was looking at They me, want oh, the money. Yeah. They want you to pay money. But also, you know, they can find a dominant in the rough. They they might you draft, you know, I said draft classes, but recruiting classes are about maybe 15 to 25 guys. Yeah. So going in that summer, they usually got uh, they got half of them already. And right. if you go out there and really ball, they might say, shoot, we might need to offer this dude. So, yeah, yeah but um, I, mean, I ain't have the grades. I ain't have the grades, yeah. man. That was the only thing. So I Man, I gotta go off again because I'm, you know, I'm education dude. Yeah. Yo, I seen some of the teachers like the honor. I had mostly honors classes, yeah. but the other classes that were just regular classes, though, in my opinion, no shame the teachers out there, but those teachers were not as good. Man, like one, like there was one teacher who did not speak English. She was <laughs> Chinese. Yeah. She didn't speak English. Like well enough for people to understand. Yeah. I didn't have her, but I walked in on a class that somebody was in. Yeah. And I'm like, this ain't fair, man. Like, it's just, yeah, man, it's a lot of, it's yeah, a lot of inequity. Serious. They just sit there yeah. with newspaper and coffee, write something on the board and tell you what to read and that was it. Mm-hmm. it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. 
But um, going into Duke, like, tell me about that experience. Yeah. So other dudes coming to Duke, they were more highly recruited than me. I, you know, they have multiple offers to different colleges around the nation. Um, that was kind of intimidating, just being yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, Got those Florida and, boys, fast Florida boys with the dreads. <laughs> yeah, for real. And then I get there and I'm fourth string, like or fifth, something crazy. I'm at the bottom because I'm a freshman. And the dude who's second string yeah. was a linebacker who was like my height. He was, he was like the strongest linebacker and he was the fastest linebacker. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, how am I going to play? What's going to happen here? Like, you know, I, am I going to ever play here? <laughs> you know, so I was nervous. So it just really pushed me to just work. And I, everything I did, every snap I got on the field, every meeting I had, every meeting I was prepared. I was early. I was alert. I was going to take notes. Every practice I was giving my all and I was listening to whatever coach said. Looking coach when he's talking. Whatever coach say, it's going to be important to me. Yeah. You know, and I just do it over and over. And little by little, working my way up the depth chart. Um, you know, school was tough, but they gave us, we had tutors and something called focus groups, which is just tutoring, but in a, in like a setting with like a half dozen people. So they gave us all the help in the world, man. Duke was an awesome what, place. Did, did the, like the college scene get you, was you distracted by the college scene ever? No. Like think, uh, what do you say? Like the partying, like the, it's Duke, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, my freshman year for sure, I was going out. You know, everybody, like, if you ask dudes who I, like, my mans at Duke, like, they would say I wasn't a partier, but I went out. Yeah. I did go out. I was that wasn't your thing ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, like, a drinker, though, but I would go out. I enjoyed the time, you know. Yeah. Um, But, like, my number, I had, I had heard, this. this is what I was told. In college, you could get three things, or it's three. You you could do two out of three. Um, school, you could be great at school, great at athletics, or great at you know nightlife. Yeah, you got school, athletics, nightlife. Choose two out of three. You know, so there, I would I would be going out sometimes, but sometimes I just did not go out because I'm like, hey, I got a you know I got a spring game the next day. Yeah. I want to be ready. I want to perform. I want to show these coaches I should be first string. Yeah. You know, I want to be the best linebacker. I want to be the best doing defense, you know. Um, and I knew that to get to that, I knew our best players on our team weren't even making it to the NFL. Mm. Like, so I'm like, why you think I that was? Be. You said what? I said, why do you think that was? I don't know. You know, they, I think, well, they got in. The thing is they got in for a tryout, but they, you know, they never got chosen. Nope. They no one had gotten drafted while I was at Duke. Wow. And I was like, I just think, I didn't know. I, while I Before, while I was a youngster, I'm like, Yo, I don't know why our seniors are not getting or playing or making an NFL. Everybody getting cut after yeah. a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I just didn't, I just wanted to make it. Yeah. Um, and there was one guy who had made the NFL for six years uh, he was he was two years in by the time I was getting in. So, yeah. um, and you know, I got to the NFL and learned it's just a workman's. Wait, 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 wait! Don't oh, fast. my Don't bad. Go so fast. Don't go so fast. Yeah. All right. So, was you ever? Did you ever lack confidence? 
and and football? Yeah, I, that's my that was my biggest issue. Maybe my second biggest issue: confidence. I didn't. I wish I would have. My regret. I wish I would have earned the right to be like no knew that I earned the right to be confident. Yeah. The way you earn that is by earning it, lifting those weights, running, giving everything you have, and doing extra when nobody's in there. So, you know, weight room clothes, break in the weight room, get in there. You know, yeah, go do. Man, I was the opposite, man. I, I trusted my abilities. Like I, I, I was confident because I knew how good I was, and I knew like I could do this. This this man can't outrun me. This man can't do this. This man can't tap. I was so confident in my abilities. I didn't care about the weight room. I didn't care about nothing else. So I just knew, like, see, it's, it's, see how you said that. You you did the work. I was more of the opposite. Like I know I could do this. Like I, it's like yeah. I get the talent. Uh huh. So that's well, crazy part of that is that. part of that is you did have God gifted talent. You yeah. was you know you were natural in in high school going back. You were like 215 pounds yeah. at 15, 16 years old. That's a that's big dude. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you were still running four six, four five as a 15, 16 year old with no train. You know, you ain't going to no training. You just lining up and just running. Yeah. You know? So you did have you know, God given talent. It is what it is. But I did know. I was always told, my pop said, if you work as hard as you can, you got a shot to make it. If you mm-hmm. don't work hard, you got no shot. That's what that he makes, told me. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. You hear, you hear stories about like Kobe and stuff and how hard he worked his whole career. And it, it paid yeah. off. They'll, they'll say like, mm-hmm. no, he, he'll do thousand shots <laughs> or be the first one at practice. Like last one leaving. Like it, It's crazy how that works. But yeah, a yeah. lot of dudes... Um, Confidence, that, like uh, when I say that, you said the hard work made you more confident. Other people rely on their their abilities. That's why I wanted to ask you that. And then I think personally, think confidence is like a secret power. It's like mm-hmm. uh, however how how high your confidence is may make you great as hell. Like it make it, you may be great because of your confidence. Mm-hmm. I look at people like Michael Jordan. I look at people like Floyd Mayweather, who's gonna or Muhammad Ali, who's telling you, "I right, I'm gonna beat you." And yeah, yeah, like still, like, <laughs> like that stuff plays a role, man. It's like a secret power. So I mm-hmm. want to ask you about that. So you lack confidence, but you grew confidence as you went along and worked hard. Yeah, I do think I, I do think I, I grew a measure of confidence, but I I never was as confident as I should have been yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah. I think. Yeah. All right, all right. So you go into playing Duke. Your first time getting on the field and starting. What was that feeling like? When did it happen? So that happened my sophomore year. My whole freshman year, I was a backup. I played in every game, but I never started. As a sophomore, they said I could be the starter. And I'm like, oh, snap, I'm the starter. And it was cool. My first game, I had 17 tackles. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we played against UConn. We lost against them. Yeah. That uh, Their running back ended up leading that entire NCAA in Russian. Uh, forget his name. I uh, forgot his name. He uh, played against him in the NFL. Light skinned dude. Um, went to UConn. Forgot his name. But he played. He played years in the NFL. He was good. Yeah. Good player. But yeah, I had 17 tackles. I remember that. We lost, but my you know my man's like my roommates were like, "Yo, yeah, 17 tackles. You did your thing, man. You you know you you can hold it down in football. You can play." 
Yeah. You know, so that really showed me like, yo, I could do this. I could do this, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the game slowed down for you and you became confident. <laughs> yeah, I got became more confident. But there was going to Duke. You always had a it was always like, a, am I that good for me? Because this is going to sound crazy, but I heard my whole first year we lost. We won zero games. Jeez. 0 and 12, my my freshman year, sophomore year, we was 1 and 11. <laughs> so we <laughs> we won at 23. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, <laughs> that one game yeah. was like a championship. <laughs> yeah, when, yeah, when we won, we played Northwestern at their house. We won, and we rushed the like rushed the field. We had they field yeah. in Chicago out there. Rushed the field. We all jumped on each other. They dumped water on the coach. <laughs> <laughs> For one game, it was looking at y'all like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so that that all right, but you got your stats was up there because you, you led the team in tackles and everything like that. You were uh, yeah. You, was it AC, was it uh, ACC? ACC, right? Division? What was that? Yep. Yeah. I was uh, I was second team all conference. I never got first team, oh. but uh, we had some good linebackers. Okay. I never got that, but uh, I got second team. But yeah, I was I was doing my thing, man. You know, I was just yeah. playing hard, having fun. And we got better the, the last couple years, but uh, but yeah, man, it was it was fun playing college football, being able to go and play the Miamis and Florida States, Virginia yeah, Techs, yeah. all these great teams, you know. Now, take me to the field. Like, you're on the field, right? You got all these people screaming. How do you handle that? Like, do you get tunnel vision or is it – does that play a, a role into how you play? Nah, the, uh, I'm going to keep it real. The, the crowd, it's always going to – the crowd matters, man. Yeah. Like, I don't care. People be saying, oh, it don't matter if you don't have no fans. Yeah. They already think, like, if you play football, play basketball. I don't know about basketball, but if you play football, no fans, it don't matter. You don't need them. I don't believe that. Yeah. Because when, you, when, it's, when you're playing at home and you're on defense, so the crowd is loud, yeah. you know? So it's making it harder on the offense. Right, right. So, right. and then when they're cheering, you kind of it puffs you up. You like, yeah, we, you know, we gonna hold it down. Yeah, yeah. So it helps you. But uh, when you're playing away, and you just, you know, <laughs> they like <laughs> they make a big, have a big play, and they crowd going crazy. All you're thinking is like to stop the bleeding. Like, I, right, you know, somebody make a play. You yeah, know, yeah. Oh, I gotta make a play. Somebody, you know. So yeah, it's the, the like I try to have tunnel vision and. Just focus, yeah. and um, you know when I'm tired or when they just hitting us play after play, or when I'm mad because my guy jumping off sides or he not doing his job, <laughs> uh, you know, try to just focus. But sometimes the crowd does play play a part. Yeah. Now you doing all of this? What was your family? What was uh your life like behind the scene in college? While in college, yeah. Um. I'm living in uh, in North Carolina in Durham, Raleigh Durham area. I didn't have a license. I didn't have a car. I didn't know how to drive, so I wasn't really out, you know. Which a part of me, I'm like, man, I'd have been cool. Like Raleigh Durham is gr- a great area. I know. Uh, yeah. For a while, when I when I was leave, like 
2010, it was the number one city for uh, African-Americans with uh, bachelor's degrees or higher. It was number one per capita, you know, for for black people. So it was cool. Like you just seeing black people like everywhere, like they doing well for themselves. Flourishing, yeah. Flourishing, you know, even at Duke, like it wasn't a whole lot of black people, but it was just cool to see like, yo, these black people, they like, they go hard. They from privilege. They like a lot of them, they came from money. Like that's what's up, man. Like, look at this, you know, um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't leave Duke campus much at all. Yeah, yeah. I stayed there, you know. So I, I really didn't do it too much outside of, it, outside of, you know. I didn't have a girlfriend or nothing, so I was just, I was just doing me, you know, just yeah. playing football, trying to make it, um, trying to get a three, three point oh GPA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make it to the NFL. All right, so let's and fast then weight. Huh? Trying to, lose, I, I was saying, then trying to lose weight because I was like two fifty five. Oh yeah, and yeah. When I got there, and I dropped to two thirty, like two thirty five, two forty. Now was big. It only sounded like fifteen, fifteen pounds. Don't sound like a whole lot, but it was huge, man. Because it helped me to just move quicker. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that you got faster. Oh, yeah. Then you run on a four. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fast forward, right? You had a, a great college career, and then it was time your pro day. You had a pro day. Yep. So fast forward to the pro day. You had a pro day. Who came to see you and, and how did that go? Yeah. So pro day, we had in my class uh, a dude named Vince Ogabasi, who was a four or five star recruit. Yep. It was He was Duke University's biggest recruit, I believe, ever. So um, he, he had a lot of injuries in college, but when he was coming out, because he had redshirted, so we didn't come in together. I came in the year after him, but he we we came out together out of, um, out of college. So recruits were coming to see him, and then we had a quarterback named Thaddeus Lewis I'm who a, had a great yeah. college career, like oh, number yeah. two at his point when he finished. He was second behind Philip Rivers in ACC total yardage, something yeah, like that. I remember that. So yeah. baller. Yeah. You know, so college, they were coming, not colleges, NFL teams were coming to see them too. Right. I think we had 17 teams there, um, which was a whole lot. I think yeah. the year before that, it was like two teams. They didn't so, on the football level at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Came to see the basketball players. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, so yeah, them, they all came and I just knew, hey, I didn't have, I didn't get invited to no senior games, no nothing. They don't know me out here, man. This has to be my you know, my best performance. So I was measuring everything I ate was detailed. What time I went to sleep, what time I woke up, yeah. you know, everything. <laughs> hey, I even, I didn't get a haircut for four months. I was picking my hair out. I grew a low key Afro, baby Afro, uh, for just for the the height measurement. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, dang, that was, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to cheat. I, I did whatever just to, just for them to say six feet, you know, yeah. or whatever. But, and a half. But yeah, man, I went out there, ran a four five. I jumped that 38 inch vertical, highest I ever did. I brought jump like 10 four or something like that. Everything, all my numbers were the best yeah, yeah. I ever did, man. I drank my first time drinking a Red Bull, I drank a Red Bull right before and I just went. <laughs> I ain't eat nothing. I just went. <laughs> he was focused. <laughs> he was your hardest racing focused. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And then from there, 
the draft comes, right? Did you did you get an agent during that time, or you were just like, I might not get drafted? Like, how how, how was that? Now I got an agent, so I have been, uh, like I had four agents that I had narrowed it down to. Uh, how it goes in college, like if you're a good player, mm-hmm. you're gonna have a whole lot of agents reaching out that want to work with you. But I narrowed it down to four, and then after those four, I I spoke with. I had like each of them come to my my parents' house. Yeah, yeah. So it was in December. Around Christmas break because we didn't make the ball. They went to Far Rock. They came to Far Rock. (laughs) Came to the crib. (laughs) They was real scared. I know they was scared. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's hey. Anybody go to Far Rock? They they dedicated. (laughs) Yeah, they came all the way out there. Uh, Yeah, so I I sat with them and I end up going with a guy named Brian Hamilton Mm -hmm. who crazy from cincinnati wow you know i I wasn't thinking nothing about cincinnati but he's from there so um yeah i I just wanted to work with him uh he seemed like he had a great rapport with owners like because we was already thinking hey i might go undrafted you never know nobody got drafted out of duke for a long time so can you get me in as an undrafted rookie can i get a shot somewhere he's like i know what he's got so i just yeah i trust him got you got you so go Draft happens, and did you watch it? Yeah. So um, I watched uh, the first round at Duke. I was just, you know, I'm like, man, I ain't getting drafted the first round. Yeah, I already yeah. know that. So yeah. <laughs> I was just watching with my man, and then I left because they, my two best friends had redshirted, and they were still at Duke. They had another year. I, I graduated. I was done. Or, no, I was still in school. I was part-time. Yeah. But I left. I took a flight came back to, to New York and get this. So the draft is over three days. Yeah. Yeah. I get on the flight as I'm getting on the flight from North Carolina to New York. I get a text mm-hmm. from a, a, a Tennessee number saying, stay close to your phone today. I was like, hey, what, Oh, what, what round was it? This is the second and third round. All right. All right. You know, so I'm like, Yo, that's kind of early. I didn't think second or third round. This would be crazy. So I'm still part. I'm like, man, I don't believe it. I don't believe it, but we'll see. So I came home. Pops picked me up from the airport. Came home. We watched it together. I didn't get no call or nothing. So the next day I'm watching and I'm seeing dudes get drafted. And, you know, it's human nature. You feel like, you know, we men. We like, nah, I I think I can do better than him. I see fourth round, fifth round, sixth Six round and it's seven rounds total. So towards the end of the sixth round, I got a call from the then San Diego Chargers. Now they're Los Angeles. Got a call from a guy. He's like, "Hey, we either gonna pick you or somebody else with the next pick." So he's like, "Just letting you know, the next pick come by, they pick somebody else." Oh man! And he called me right right away. He like, "Yeah, we sorry we didn't get you there, but we want you. We want to sign you. You know so." That's a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm like, that's cool. I mean, so I'm we're waiting. I'm waiting. I'm like, yeah, we'll see if I can get drafted. So the draft in, well, it's like towards the end of the seventh round. It's gonna end soon. And get a call from Kansas City. Oh, wow. Kansas City Chiefs. He like, hey, we want to sign you. But he telling me some stuff. I can tell how he's talking to me. Like already, he's scheming, like, but it's an opportunity. I don't care. Yeah, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. I'm at his mercy. 
Yeah. But I was thinking, shoot, if I don't get no other opportunities, they'll just be San Diego. Mm-hmm. But my agent said, he called, like the, the dude called my agent and said, if you don't draft Vinny, he's not coming to, to the charges. Mm. And he called me back. He said, Yo, your agent is crazy, man. Like agents don't do that kind of thing. How could he say this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, shoot, my agent trying to. My agent gonna get me up out the league before I even get in. Like, <laughs> yo, like I'm kind of nervous. I'm I'm mad at my agent. He like, Benny, trust me, you're gonna get better. You're gonna get more people trying to sign you. And my agent, he clear, like clear, black guy. Yeah, no, I, I met him. <laughs> yeah, he met, yeah, 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 clear. He's like, look, more people. Are going to try to sign you. Uh, the charges is just does just just doesn't look like a good opportunity. They already drafted a linebacker this year pretty high. They already have veteran linebackers who wouldn't be on their team. It just don't don't look like a good opportunity for you to make the team. Mm. Right when the draft ended, I get a call from the bank Bengals. Yeah, Bengals is like, look, Vinny, uh, we like you. We want to sign you as a uh, out three uh, outside linebacker in our three four scheme. Oh, and our 4-3 scheme. And that was exactly what I wanted to play. I want to play outside. They said, Will, I want to play Will in a 4-3. That's what I played in at Duke. Yeah. You're so, All right. yeah. So, yeah, that was it. Dang, what with the Bengals? So, mm-hmm. how, how, like, what was that feeling like? Did you celebrate? Did you drink some liquor? <laughs> nah, I ain't drink, <laughs> man. I was, I, I mean, to me, I, with drinking, the it alcohol... Tastes good. I don't. I'm like. I don't get it. It don't taste good to me. If it tastes like Kool Aid, then it'd be a Reynolds wrap. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. I went out to Applebee's with like Applebee's. Yeah, I went to yeah with Sham God. Yo, you know, I always tell everybody that you're not the normal like NFL player. <laughs> it's like you, I'm not. Yeah. That's opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yo, what kind of house you live? A regular house. What kind of car you drop? A regular car. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is gonna be crazy though. But I, I guess I'm gonna get into this. But I didn't have my license in the NFL. I'm gonna tell you that. Oh That's yeah, yeah, crazy. yeah. All right, your rookie year, right? All right. Yeah. So you get to the Bengals facility, right? Is yeah. It, is it like a dream come true? Yeah, it's like yo. Well, I'm what? thinking of it like this. Look, it's 90 guys on this team. Only 53 going to make it. Yeah, yeah. So 37 up out of here. So I'm not really, I feel like I'm not even here. I'm like, you know. Your I'm, mindset was like, you can't even you can't even enjoy the, the moment. Uh-uh. I was like, I'm not going to enjoy it until I get a check. You know, because this the thing in the NFL, the only thing you get is what's guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. So I got signed to the NFL as an undrafted rookie in late April. I didn't, um, I'm going to just tell you the whole pay. I'm going to give you the whole breakdown. They uh, offered me, well, I got six grand. Um, I got $6,000 guaranteed. Yeah. So they gave me six grand after taxes of $37.70. Still remember. $37.70. Got that. That was all that I had. And then from college, I had like maybe a little less than a thousand on me in my bank account. I, matter of fact, I went. I went to school that last semester. I was part-time, yeah. but the only reason I went to school was to get a check because I didn't have money. Yeah, so I'm like, look, if I, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to go to school. They're going to give me this check to live. 
but I'm going to save it. I'm going to get a roommate. We, you know, might have a couple roommates. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be cutting corners. I'm going to be eating on the law and be asking freshmen for their food points. So I ain't got to spend my own money because if I don't make the NFL, I don't have a job. I have nothing. You know, I can, th- I can always go back to my parents' house, but at this point I'm 21, 22 years old. I want to do, you know, do something on my own. So anyway, so I get that 3770. I get, we get six weeks of training in the off season mm-hmm. uh, for OTAs, yeah, off season yeah. training activities. Yeah. And during those six weeks, every week, every, the rookies got, I don't remember how much it was, but I just know after taxes, it was $200, 200? I believe. Yeah, that's it. Because they pay, you stay in a hotel, we was in a hotel in Kentucky, right outside the hotel was a White Castle, so all we smell is White Castle. You know that nasty yeah, White Castle. Yeah. <laughs> the burgers, I, be, I still be eating them yeah, sometimes. They good, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. just got to hit the bathroom after, but they good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we out there, we get $200 a week, you know, we that money almost gone on food. And so you get to training camp, you're still getting money every week in training camp like that. But basically what I'm saying is most of those guys who get cut after training camp, they got nothing except for them $200 every week. So you don't have, yeah, it's so, it's, so it's hard, man. And every day is competition because you know, either me or you going to be gone. One of us, we both not going to be here. Either me or you. One of us gonna get cut, or both of us gonna get cut. So, you, would you say that's the hardest part of the NFL training camp? Yes. Well, um, yeah. The hardest thing I ever did was my first training camp because it was still two days at that time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, you know, sometimes vets wouldn't practice that second day, that second practice. So I'm out there getting the third string and fourth string reps, or second string and yeah. third string reps. Yeah. I'm out there on special teams, busting my tail, doing whatever. You know, to for a coach to to see, because, you know, I believe, you know, I believe God knows the end from the beginning and is controlling everything. But these coaches hold the power in their hands. Right. Right. They making the decisions. Well, you know, every team's different. Some teams, they have a general manager who's making the decisions for us. Our head coach was kind of our general manager, you know, so coaches are making the decisions. So you got to do whatever you can to impress them. And I'm in the meetings early. They don't, that's not going to impress them. Whatever. They don't care if what, what they care about is you performing on the field, you being available and you being reliable. So no one to do your job and you practicing, not being hurt. So, it was such high pressure every single day. Pressure in meetings, pressure in walkthrough, pressure in jogthrough, pressure in full speed practice, pressure in the preseason games. And you know, you so stressed, you can't even sleep. Yeah, You're like, am I going? What's going to happen? Yeah. You know, like anytime they could come and get you, tap your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Cut you I, off, heard it. I don't know if I ever told you this. I told some of my friends, but there's rare times that I hate on anybody. Like anybody that's doing anything, right? But I hated on you, Jovan and Dawson, right? Because I felt okay. like, because y'all made it, I was like, yo, I was supposed to be there. Especially with what you told me. You was like, yo, I had a bet with who was going to make it to the like college or NFL, yeah. either me or Jovan. And then I felt yeah, like I yeah, let yeah. you down. I was like, because I ain't make it. But Jovan was right there. Cause he, he, yeah. he, was, he, was, he almost made it. I think he got, he got looks. 
and then Dawson made it. Y'all was when Dawson made it. I think I was depressed. <laughs> Dawson, it seemed like Dawson came out of nowhere. Yo, but we, yeah. you had to see his pro tape. You had to see his uh his pro day. That's what did it. Okay. Remember they had that quarterback that went to the Titans. Um, he was retired. Yeah. Early. Uh, Jake, Jake Lock Locker, right? Jake Locker, or yeah, something yeah. like that. So they yeah. had they was watching him. So he was throwing to Dawson, and Dawson doing one hand catches, dives, everything. So I, when but, I seen his pro day, I was like, right, I know why he made it. But, but I was yeah. hating. I, I don't hate <laughs> on anything. But y'all three, I was like, yo, because I felt like I was on that level with y'all, like athletically, yeah. like just just everything. You like were, that. you were. I was. Do- I think that, that it was like three years in a row. It was like you first, then it was Dawson, then it was Jovan. I was like, oh, yo, I'm hating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Do- was the thing. Do- Dawson always had crazy hands. That was nothing for him. Yeah, but he was not no, athletic. But- he was slow. Yeah, but he. But yeah, I, <laughs> he had it was his hands, man. I watched that yeah. pro day, but and I was like, I didn't, right. yeah. Yeah. he really. I didn't. One thing I didn't know about Dawson was how much he really, really, really loved the game, yeah. you know. And that I think that's that's what carried him. Yeah, that love, man. Because when you love something, you're gonna do whatever you can. Yeah, uh, his story know. is crazy. I should call him like, yo, tell your story because we was yeah. freshmen on JV, and he had a girlfriend in the stands, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, he had a girlfriend in the stands that came to the game and he never got no play he never got no burn nothing he sat on the bench so he was like yo Lama if my girl he's like I guess what I told my girl I'm 32 and that was Chris remember Chris was the man <laughs> he said yo I told my girl I was number 32 and she ruined from you here yeah? <laughs> uh, yo I never forget that cause we sitting on the bench I'm just laughing I turned around like yo she really cheering <laughs> Yo, I gotta get Dawson to tell the story. But when he made it, I was like, yo, Dawson made it to the NFL. It was it was cool, man. I supported y'all. I was like, yo, this is this is crazy. I grew up with these guys, I played with these guys. Crazy. So your rookie year, you all right, so you've seen the league when it went from like hardcore, like it was still rough to the soft part of NFL where you can't even touch a dude. So mm-hmm. how was it as a rookie? Like you, and then you was in there with Chad Johnson and, and Terrell Owen. Yeah. Like, was you starstruck? Yo, I was. I ain't gonna lie. I was starstruck when I'm when I met To. Like <laughs> Chad, Chad. I didn't get to really know him like that yeah, yeah. because it, I I was there with him during OTA. Well, I really wasn't because OTAs is six weeks, yeah. and then the last week is um is minicamp. So those first six weeks, those are mandatory. It might be seven weeks. That's no, no, no. Those are voluntary. Yeah. You don't have to be there, but pretty much almost everybody comes because it's like, yo, you getting paid money. Us as rookies and younger players, we we don't get paid much, but we trying to make the team. So we want to be there. Cause if you're not there, the coach is going to be like, do he care? You know, Mm. we we might just cut them because they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, but a guy like Chad, I think he was the only one that wasn't coming to OTA. So I didn't meet him till minicamp and he just walked in. It's like, Whoa, this Chad. <laughs> yeah, but T.O. Wait, we got T.O. Cause there was one guy named Antonio Bryant. I remember was a athletic, athletic, athletic. Yeah. Yo, dude was diesel, right? So he was a monster, but he never practiced. I just remember he didn't practice, but he had a knee injury 
Um, he, when we signed him, he had a knee injury and maybe he aggravated it. I don't know, but he never played for us. They ended up having to release him and they just signed T.O. in training camp. And this was when we were, we were going to a, a place to go to training camp and it would be like a couple thousand people there. It, it, you know, it was at a college, but it was like, you know, a few thousand. Not like Dallas Cowboys training camp or nothing, yeah. but it was it was to me it was live. I'm coming from Duke, where we was only getting maybe fifteen twenty thousand at our games, maybe fifteen thousand at our games. Like it, it was it was cool to see To To was Batman, or yeah, he was Batman. Chad was Robin, and they was like it was dope, man. Yeah. Like it was dope. And you said he's the one that taught you how to drive. He taught me how to parallel park. How did this, that even come about? How do you get close this, to T.O. as a rookie? <laughs> all right, this is this was it. So T.O., we weren't going to be cl- close because, number one, he on offense. And the thing about the NFL is offense and defense, you're really not speaking to them, yeah. you know, because you're not around them. Yeah. All you're around is defense. The only time you're around offense might be lunch, you know. So you're not around him much. So I didn't really know him like that, except I was on the, I was always on the look team, giving a look for the offense. And he was always on the starting offense. So I'm giving, you know, he's lined up, sometimes he'll line up as the number three receiver and I'm there, you know, over him. I'm guarding him in a way, you know, and he go hard in practice. (laughs) Dude was like 36, 37 going hard. Like it's a, like it's a game, you know, but. Yeah, so I met T.O. because we we're at a dinner. I'm at a dinner for something where I w- I, I'm on a practice squad mm-hmm. and I'm living. I was rooming, um, living with a guy named Dahani Jones who played 11 seasons. I'm a he was man, a yeah, linebacker. linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a he had an extra room. So he let me stay with him. So pay him rent. Mr. Stay Botan, with him. That's what they call him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he did a lot for the community. Even the bow ties were bow tie for a cause, which he would have a design for different causes, whether it's fighting type type of cancer oh, wow. or fight fighting poverty. It, like it would be on the bow tie, and he would sell it. Half would go to him, half would go to that cause. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. So yeah, he he was cool, man. But <clears throat> yeah, so I'm with Dahani, and I met To or, or not met him, but I'm at a dinner at like a steakhouse or something and i had just failed my license test that day because it's an off day maybe a tuesday that's off day in the nfl and um my agent who lives in cincinnati he dropped me at the place to take my test my driving test but the thing i didn't know was they don't give you a car to do your driving (laughs) test (laughs) i'm thinking in new york i would see the people in the cars is like you know, driving tests, whatever, in the car, in the baby car. You know, they'd be in a yeah. small car. Yeah. My agent drove in, we, he drove in a truck. It was a big truck. So yeah. they said, hey, you're going to have to use his car. I'm driving on the roads. Like, my first time driving. I'm driving. You know, I don't even know where the blinker's at. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, it's crazy. And then there was like parallel park. I hit like two or three cones and it was over. It's over, yeah. So, yeah, you failed. So that day, T.O. showed me how to parallel park in some parking lot. Wow. He was, you know, he told me. I, and without the video, you know, like me, it's I don't awesome. look back because yeah. I got the video right in front of me. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you yeah. know, but 
he showed me in the car where he would look back, you know, and do that. And that was, he was and the next time I was, he was like, gotta look back. Like, <laughs> yeah, country. <laughs> All right. So you, your rookie year, uh, I remember seeing some preseason games where you couldn't get the speed down pack. So these big linemen were just pushing you away. And I was like, yo, Vinny, gotta, you gotta use your hands. You gotta <laughs> get off those blocks. How was, how was that adjusting to the, to the game speed? The biggest adjustment was the O line because they weren't fat no more. Like yeah. they weren't fat and slow. These dudes, most of them weren't fat. Even some of them that was fat, they was fat and quick. But they were all <laughs> quick off the spot, you know. Yeah. Old linemen are like linemen in the NFL are almost as quick as me. Yeah. You know, almost they like a fraction of a second behind me. Some of them just as quick as me. Yeah, it's crazy. Fast. Yeah, they fast. So that was tough for me because from in high school and in some in college, I was just running into dudes like shoulders, face mask, boom, you know, yeah. and that stun would be enough to where it would, I hit them right in their face, boom, and they forget to grab yeah. and I could just kind of push them off. Right. But these dudes, I run and hit them and they like, they'll just eat it and they be still on it. You know? <laughs> Solid as hell, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, used to, I used to watch it. I'm like, yo, Vinny King, I get off these blocks. Like, he got a, I was like, dang, you small as an as a NFL linebacker. So I was like, oh, man, he's struggling. He's struggling that, that, that rookie year. So when did it become, when did you become comfortable? So I became comfortable. And confident. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, my my second year as a special teams player, I became very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I was, I just felt like, yo, I can, I, I'm tough. I'm like, yo, a lot of these dudes, you know, not a lot, but some of these dudes ain't that tough. You know, some, some of these guys in the NFL, they rookies and they, or second year players, they here because they could, they're fast. They big, they strong, they they got the measurables, yeah. but skill like, wise, they, they skill or not even skill wise, just fight wise. Oh, right, like right, they right. wouldn't. The I would beat them in fight. They yeah. would they would turn it down. I think yeah. that's how I felt playing against some of these dudes. I'm like, yo, they not finishing through the whistle. They not. They don't want to hit. Like, yeah. what? This is what. This is all I know. This is where I come from. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm if anyway, I'm never gonna lose off toughness. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so that's when I was like, oh, this is fun. Because then I was also fast. So it was like some of these dudes, I'm faster than them and I'm tougher. <laughs> and if and it was a few I was stronger than. If I was stronger too, it was over. You gotta I'm I'm gonna abuse you all game. Cause that's what I gotta do. I gotta put it in your mind at every time. So every time you even see me, you're like, oh, it's coming. It's coming, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so that, was, that was fun. Second year. Yep. It, on special teams. Yeah. But on defense, my fourth year, it wasn't until my fourth year. On My third year, I played on defense, but I wasn't comfortable to be just making plays all the time. But my fourth year, um, there was a player who went down for three games, and it gave me an opportunity to play a lot of snaps on defense. That's um, perfect? Oh, no. Right, did he come in? Raymond Luga. Luga, Luga. All right, Raymond Luga. Yeah. Yep. And I, I stepped in for him, and I just felt really confident, man. I was playing out there with Burfick, with Vontez. Yeah. And we was just, you know, I was just confident out there. I knew 
the whole defense, they was monsters, yeah. you know, the, the guys in front of me, guys behind me. And I was like, look, all I got to do is run the ball. Yeah. You know, I ain't really got to do much. They yeah. monsters. So was you yeah. ever starstruck on the field, like playing against Peyton Manning oh. or Brady? I was starstruck when, when we played against, uh, what? The Baltimore Ravens, my second, the the second game we played them. All right. So, Wait, the, second year? Every, oh, yes. No, my rookie year, but they were in our division. So, whenever, you, yeah, if they're in your division, you play them twice. The first time we played them, we beat them at our house. Right. Um, and then the second time, it's the last game of the season. We're not going to the playoffs. Right. Um, and they are already going to the playoffs. It just depends what seeding they're going to get. And we in Baltimore, Mm. I'm a you know Ray Lewis fan through and through. Yeah, and they coming out, you know, they announcing all their Pro Bowlers. This is their heyday, man. Like they announcing Terrell Suggs, every um, Todd Heap, Haloti Nada, and man. other names that just escape me right now. But Pro Bowlers, Pro Bowlers, some guys they gonna be Hall of Famers. Yeah, and then they said, and hey, Ray Lewis, the crowd. It's going crazy, but the, the lights go out. He does a dance. <laughs> and then all you hear is, it's getting hot, you know, and yeah. he comes out, and that's an old song, but that was, I guess that's what yeah. was popping when he was, you know, when he started doing this, but he does his dance. Yeah. He do the dance, and the crowd going wild, and I'm just like looking like, yo, that's Ray Lewis. Like, yo, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you got to meet him? Nah, that's one thing. I wish I still could have met him. Um, but, I, yeah, we never talked to nothing. But he probably know of me just from playing against me. Yeah. And then Coach Lewis, he speaks for Coach Lewis. Coach Marvin Lewis said a week doesn't go by without Ray Lewis reaching out to me. Mm. Calling. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, he – um. I'll tell you this, I'm on punt team. I'm the personal protector. So the snapper's in front of me. I'm to the side and I'm making the calls, like looking at the defense. I'm making the calls, telling everybody who to block. You the set call, the, the snapper snaps the ball to the punter who then punts the ball. So I'm there and they, they just keep their defense out there because it's fourth and short. And we known to do a little sneak, like yeah. snap it right to me and I'll go, you know, sneak for the first down. So they kept their defense out there. So when we snap it, I look around, I take off, Ray Lewis, Ray, Ray Lewis standing over there. He looking over, he looking like over away from me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm running last minute. Who like came to hit me? You lying. <laughs> That's my word. I flew. <laughs> like I flew. I, I didn't fall though. And he's smaller I, than you, right? Huh? He's he's a little bit smaller than you? Like inside? He's nah, bigger than you? He bigger. He was, I don't know how big he was, but he, he I know. Nah, he like six one and a half, six two. All oh, right, all right. Uh, he, but he like two. I play at like two forty, two thirty five, two forty. He was like two sixty five, probably. Dang, Mad Diesel, just like he came and hit me. <laughs> I flew. I was. I watched the film. I was in the air like <laughs> Jazzy J. <Jay. laughs> Jazzy Jeff. That's crazy. All right, so um. Any quarterbacks you never got like starstruck by the quarterback while you on the field? Um, 
not really, because I knew Peyton Manning because he used to come to Duke in the offseason. Uh, our coach was his coach, so he used to train him. So I knew Peyton. I knew Eli. Um, I wasn't starstruck by them. Tom Brady, I didn't. Tom Brady talks so much trash on the low. Nobody really know. <laughs> so I just didn't like him. Yeah. Um, but he the go though. He the best. But nah, no quarterbacks I can think of except I, I wasn't starstruck, but it was more. I was just shocked. Yeah. Cam Newton is the biggest guy you. Like you don't see guys move like that that are that big. Yeah. Like he's like, if you see Cam Newton walking down the street or walking, you know, nah. You like, yo, he do something. Like <laughs> the dude, the dude's shoulders is like this wide. Yeah. Like, it's like, yo, what? But he's so athletic though. Like, yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a bit I'm a Cam Newton fan all the way. I always been. Like, even when I play against him, yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play him. I know he's a monster. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, so yeah, he when I saw him, like I saw I am like, yo, this the real deal. He was a rookie when we played him. Let me rewind <laughs> First back time a little bit. I I used to always go mainly try to go to the Ravens games when I played in the Ravens. I went yeah. to one, I played them last game of the season. And um, right after, you was like, if you want to stay, we're going, we doing a, a dinner. The linebackers got to pay for the meal. The rookies got to pay for our meals, whatever. Remember that? It was uh, JK something. I forgot his name. Schaffer. It was at our house. It was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. Schaffer. Yeah. Uh, and then they all paid. So I'm sitting there. I'm, next, I'm sitting next to perfect. And he was like, yo, I got paid this year. And he's breaking down because he, like the incentives. So I wanted you to explain like the extent of the, the the ways you can make money besides your contract. So he was breaking it down like, uh-huh. yeah, I got the most money on the team. I got like five hundred thousand just off something. Oh yeah, like, being on the field. Yeah, let me put y'all on that. This yeah. some I'm this crazy. So it's something called player performance based pay. So what this is is like basically the more you're on the field, the more you get. Yeah. For and it's scaled to where the young like the younger you are mm-hmm. or the you know, the le- the less years you got in the NFL, the more you will get per play. Because it's it's to it's to it was made, I think, to reward players who who were undrafted, who were rookies, but who really play a lot. Because teams are not built or when I first got in the NFL, teams were not built for rookies to be playing a whole lot. You know, NFL, generally, they don't like rookies. They're like, we don't like you. You know, you ain't do nothing. Yeah. You think you're somebody because you did something in college. You ain't nothing. You know, you got to come here. Yeah. So, so um, if you play, so him, he was like a first or second year player at that time. And he was balling. He, so he was playing so many snaps that you get that amount of money. So it might have been 300 cash after t- you know it might have been like 500 500 might be the most you can get yeah. um and you 22 years old 500 grand but after taxes it'd be like 300 like well maybe yeah. less taxes in the nfl is probably like half after you know crazy but yeah yeah man that's something people don't know about and i i had a coach in college who he played in the nfl for a few years and he said his performance-based pay was actually higher than his salary. That's crazy. 
So he was because he was probably undrafted or he probably got signed. He was undrafted. And your your salary is lower and then you're getting on the field after that, like what is it like twenty five hundred every time you step on the field or some like what what is it? Every a play. Like it might I'm not sure. I think he was telling me that like it was like five hundred dollars every time he touched the field. Yeah, before taxes, it might have been like four or five hundred. And no, if you are five hundred dollars every play, yeah, every play, yeah, yeah, yeah. every play. Yeah, but that's even, yeah, 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 five hundred. Yeah, it is. It is. But again, after you add all that up, it might be five six hundred. But then it's taxes after that. But still, like that's the incentive to get on the field. That's crazy. You know? And so some dudes, they'll be like, shoot, if the team, if you're playing against the team and uh, y'all losing and the the offense about to take a knee, some rookies be like, yo, let me get on that field. Let me get that 400. (laughs) (laughs) Hustling. Now, I don't know if you want to get into the personal, your personal life, right? Uh, Like before you was married and how you had to deal with, because you went the right way, like the traditional Okay. Uh, no sex yeah. before marriage, right? Yeah. And then you're an NFL player at that. So when I, I think I told my ex girlfriend at the time, like I was like, "Yo, you know, Vinny waited for his wife, right?" And she was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "How long have you been dating?" And I tell him the length and then what you had to do to, to avoid certain situations, like put her in the hotel and everything like that. Like describe those moments, like how hard, how how hard that was for you. You know, it was uh. Man, this is good. This is a good topic. So, you know, I just felt that was the best decision to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't really hard. The hard part was like spending the money for the hotel. <laughs> be real, <laughs> but like, you know, that was the hard part because I had never at that point had sex, so I didn't. You know, it's a lot I did not know. Like yeah. I had never put a condom on. You know, so I'm like, you know, I hear people talking about condoms. Like, you know. I missed that. I must have missed that class and that, that big side. You know, I don't know how to do it. You right. know, so just little stuff like that, man. I, like I didn't know, and you know, I I remember when I was twelve years old that guys like in my neighborhood was talking about like they had been, you know, they was already having sex at twelve, and I hadn't. So that's something that is happening in our community. You know, or not it, in our. So nowadays, people yeah. Doing it. yeah, people are doing it 11, 12 years old, you know, men and women, guys and girls. Yeah. Um, so by the time you get to high school, you're 14, 15, you've already walked down that path for most yeah. people. So yeah. I wasn't already walking that path and I would just lie some uh, a lot of times, which that was cowardice to me in high school, just lying. Yeah. Um, and I was wrong. But in college, I kind of just eventually just let dudes know, like, you know. I'm not on that because they'd be like, "Yo, what you doing?" Like, "Oh, you hitting her?" Like, I'm like, "Nah, we just friends." And honestly, I wasn't looking for a girlfriend because my father he told me said, "Hey, I would suggest you not date while you're in college because you want to put everything towards football. And if you you know give everything you can, if you make it, great. If you don't, then shoot, you gave everything you had." And then he was like, look, if you, you graduate from Duke, even if you don't make the NFL, you come back, you be a teacher, you get a job, and then you could, you know, yeah. a, a woman will want will want to marry you, you know, because you gotta show you, you know, you were you, you so much were productive. Man. Yeah. He was like, yeah, wow, you structured. <laughs> so I and and yeah, so that's that's what that was. And then coming, I remember as a rookie in the NFL. You know, pressures just to want to get out there. 
like, man, want to be, you know, messing around, you know, you know, girls, girls are out here, you know, they kind of throwing themselves a little bit. Oh, you're an NFL player. They think I'm so cool. I'm not even that cool. You know what I mean? So, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so I just, yeah, I just, um, I I wanted to get married first. You know, I wanted, I wanted the person I'm having sex with to be the woman who I would marry. I I was going to marry, you know, and we didn't have sex before marriage neither. Um, because you know, it's a we think it's a special thing um, before God. That's good, man. Also, like, they talk about that all through Twitter and stuff like that. Like, can you wait? They're like, nah, I need to test drive that. <laughs> like, you know, how to- <laughs> yeah, 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 or like test the yeah test drive. Or I, hey, gotta, I need, I need, a, I need a Costco no. sample before I buy. You know, they be saying all the time. <laughs> Yeah, you you was the only person I knew that actually went through it and did that. And you said you, you I don't know if you like had problems going that whole way because y'all been together for a long time. And then yeah, married and everything. And then two kids yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, we never. Yeah, we we never um we never had sex. Yeah. Um, I I mean I. I I know she's attractive. That's the yeah. first thing I saw. I was like, yo, she's beautiful, you know? So obviously I know she's attractive and she think I'm attractive. I hope, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, nah, but yeah, we then, so we didn't get married. Uh, we waited like a little while cause she went to law school. Yeah. I met, so I met her during the NFL lockout right before um, she was going to graduate the next month. I met her at Black Student Alliance weekend at Duke. Yeah, yeah. I had already graduated, but it was a lockout. So I was just at my man's house on his couch yeah. um, at Duke. And I met her then. Shoot. So I never knew her all through school. Crazy, right? So you was like, when you was a senior, she was a junior? Yeah. Oh, and you never seen her the whole time? That's crazy. The whole time. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, some of her friends. Matter of fact, one of her one of her good friends was like she was from New York. She was I was mad cool with her, mm-hmm. like because she was from New York. It was at Duke, like she was cool, like and she. I went to her when I first saw Noel, my wife. I went, I went to her, her yeah. friend, her name Danica. I said, "Yo, what's up? What's up with your friend Noel? What's good with her, man?" Like she said, Noel's the type of girl you build with. Mm. Like, that's what's up. That's what I'm looking for, man. So I just kind of I was around her a little bit and just heard her talking, and I was like, "This is it, man." So yeah. you know, I just went full court press. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, man, I'm I with, you don't have that much game, right? So how did you? How did you? How did you do it? So this one. <laughs> oh, now nah, this this gonna be weak. <laughs> so I just uh. First, I went home to my. I went to my parents. I went home and I told them. I think I'm. You ain't gonna believe me, but I told my parents. I think I met the woman I want to marry. Mm. Right, and they're like, "Oh, really?" I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, we ain't. I don't think I've even spoken to her. She doesn't know who I am. We haven't spoken, but I just saw her last like last week, and I heard about her. I heard her talking. I was around my man's who cool with her, her friends. You no. Know? So and I heard her saying some stuff. I heard her say, um, she, you know, it ain't about like looking for God. Like, number one, it's not about swag, it's about uh integrity and and character. And I was like, 
I like where her head is at. Like, I like what she's saying. Like, that's what's up. Yeah. And I just, I went home, told my parents that, and I just Facebooked the, you know, you could Facebook on, you know, I, it wasn't no internet on, on my phone at the time. <laughs> so I was just on the computer waiting to see when the green thing came up. Oh, the green thing. Oh, she on there. So, you know, it's like, hey, you want to meet me at blah, blah, right there on campus? So she was like, yeah. Like, we would eat there. So we went and we ate there. The next week, we added another spot. And the week after that, I ate at another spot. And then I said, hey, it would be okay if I call you my girlfriend. Wow. She said, yeah. And she knew you was in the league and everything like that? Or she ain't know before that? Yeah. No, she knew. Yeah, I, I she knew I was in the NFL. But, like, it wasn't. I didn't have no car. I didn't know how to drive still. I had passed. So I passed my my driving my license test, but I that time I told them, hey, I'm in the NFL. Can you help me pass? You know, yeah. I used the NFL to get the pass, but I still didn't know how to drive. So you. you know, so she probably was thinking like this doing the NFL, but he's staying on front, staying on his front couch with no car. <laughs> <laughs> like he lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he lying. Yeah. He probably he lying. <laughs> you wearing yeah. all the Bengals gear? Like you lying? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So that's that's good to see, man. That was uh, that was like like it's like a movie. Your life is like a movie. Yeah, man. It's I mean I'm I'm not gonna say and say I didn't have my struggles. Like I struggle with uh like in college I struggled with porn. Porn. Yeah. You know it was a struggle for me. That's something I did not. You know I'm you know I'm a I'm a Christian. I'm I believe Jesus Christ is. Is Lord, you know, he the ruler, he the boss, boss of my life. So I didn't think, I'm like, man, can I defeat this? And a part of me, I was like, I don't think I will ever in my life not watch porn. Like, yeah, I'm in college really thinking that, like, yo, this ain't, will this ever stop? Yeah. You know, but I got, I, I had a mentor my senior year. Like, you was talking about the power of a mentor, man. Mm-hmm. Shoot. And this is a dude who, like, he was a solid man in the Lord. And he said, look, he was a solid dude. Just, And I still call him today. Like, his name is Mitch. I still speak with him. And we were every day, like, mm-hmm. every Monday. We met every Monday. Mm-hmm. My man, like, he had a whiteboard. He'd be like, yo, did you watch porn today? Did you watch porn this week? Yeah, I did. I, what, did you, what did you type in the search box? Mm-hmm. Like that, write it on the whiteboard. Yo, that's crazy. What else you type? What else you type? You know, when did you do it? Like, why? What? What? What made you want to watch and then it? You look at it and you be like, "Yo, I be bugging." Like, you, you when you writing all this stuff, yeah. When yeah. you visually see it, you be like, "Yo, I'm, I'm out here going crazy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that exactly. works. I get it. I get it. That works. But it really showed me like. It's like, yo, I can't do this, man. And like, as men, we need to be held accountable. You know how it is in football when a coach hold you accountable and say, nah, you can't be late. Or no, you, hey, you got to get this dude blocked. Or, yo, you're going to have to break that tackle. You got the ball, it's one-on-one. You got to break that tackle. We can't block everybody. You know, you got to make a play. And for another man to hold you accountable, like, it make you rise to the occasion. Mm. And that's, you know... That's what he kind of helped me to break that yeah. because there was a while there right there. And I was like, this ain't never going to be broken. But he helped me to like, you know, 
to just say, look, choose, choose uh, to honor God. You know, how can I stop it? Like what, what makes me want to go watch it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so target that, you know? So that's good, man. There's a lot of people yeah. struggle with that. Same thing. That's good. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more about NFL and then uh, your life as a parent. So the NFL, you, you're comfortable in your position. Um, 2015, you led the league in, in tackles. Or you led your team in tackles, not the league. You led your team in tackles. And um, did you yep. feel like uh, you were still underrated or still looked like somebody they was looking at somebody else over you? I think you yeah. led the team in tackles two times, right? Two, two years in a row? Yeah, two years in a row, but three times. 2014, 2015, and 2017, I was tied for the league. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll still put other guys in front of you to start. Like, what do you think the reason was? Yeah, I think that... I think that... um, Personally, I'm just keeping it real. I think that my coaches just felt that I was... I had a ceiling of... He'll be a great special teams player, great leader, great locker room guy for the team. And he'll be a great fill-in guy on defense who you can put him in. He'll know what to do whenever you put him in. Mm. Um, but I don't think he's going to be a playmaker for our defense. I, that's what I think they saw me as not a playmaker. But I thought, I know that all things are possible, yeah. you know, to him who believes. So I'm like, man. I believe I can be that guy. I got confidence yeah. I can be that. But I don't think they had that confidence in me. Um, and I just felt like I was pigeonholed low-key yeah. um, in that, you know. But you never – I mean, they're the coaches. Maybe they could have been right. They could have been right in, in what they were saying to where that was my ceiling. But I don't. I didn't believe that, and I still don't believe that to be true. Yeah. So – and it. to have – I mean, it, to me – I saw them as thinking I wasn't good enough to be a playmaker. And when, when you have some, you know, people above you who don't have as much confidence in you as you want to have in you, it can hurt you, mm-hmm. you know, unless you got that boldness. Some people got that boldness and they just like, it don't matter, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but I didn't have it like that. So it kind of, I kind of faltered sometimes. So when I'm in the game and I'm guarding somebody like, and I got good coverage, I might be too nervous to look back at the ball because if I look back, you know, I might not make the play on the ball or I might not make the interception, yeah. you know. So if I just look at my man when they throw it to him and he goes to catch it, I'll just go break it up yeah, yeah. to where I'll get a breakup, but I won't make the great play. I'll make yeah. the good play, but not the great because lack uh, lacking extreme confidence. Yeah. No. I told you, confidence is like a special power, man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. It really is. Um, so you you get your your second contract, right? It was a three year, whatever it was. Do you feel like you should have got paid more? Because you led the team in tackles those like within those three years. Um, well, I, that was my third contract. My second contract was a two year. My third contract was in that three year. Yeah, I I feel like um. The way you evaluate how much you should be, you think you should be paid is just the market. It's just like, like I'm learning in any business, like you are only worth whatever the market's willing to pay, you know? So I look at what 
other guys are getting paid who I made more plays than them. So if there's a guy who I made more plays than who's getting paid this much, then I got to get this much in my mind, or I'm hoping to get this much. And um, oh, so yeah, guys be like, oh yeah, I'm holding out because this guy got paid. Like OBJ got paid this, and so now I got to hold out because I want to get paid more than him. Type of thing. yeah. Oh, I right, yep, right. that's it. So who was your pro- agent looking at? Like when my agent, we, um, I forget. I'm trying. I forget, man. I was like 2016. I forget who we were looking at. It was other linebackers who were around my age. Uh, maybe even guys yeah. on my team, like uh, Ray Maluga, maybe him. Um, like, because, yeah, maybe like, because I, I, my stats were comparable to him. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you paid him that. The Every year, the salary cap increases. Yeah. So can I get that? Like, we're going to ask for a little more than what he got but we'll be cool if we got just as much as he got. No, but I didn't get as much as I thought I should have gotten based on what, based on the plays I made, based on statistics, based on leadership. I got intangibles. You know, you really, as an NFL player, everybody's a salesman. You really got to sell yourself, you know, in football in general, you got to sell yourself. Um, You're your biggest advocate. Um, But, you know, I didn't get what I wanted, what I was hoping for. But at the end of the day, NFL money, man, you happy with you gonna be happy, man. <laughs> I know for so me, I'm happy. yeah, yeah, yeah. So every week I get a check coming in. I know it's going to end sooner than I wanted to. Yeah. And you know, another thing in the NFL, the only thing that's guaranteed in your contract is what it's when it says guaranteed. The rest of that is week to week. If you make if you on if you get cut after your game week four, yeah. you don't get paid no more. You get paid for sixteen weeks. Every game you get paid. So I seen a dude miss a block, like and coaches are like, That's the last straw. He got cut the next day. Like people getting cut all the time. Tuesday the off day in the NFL, they bringing guys in on Tuesdays to work out who play your position wow. because they want somebody on the back burner just in case. So if you're on a team that's losing, you know, the owner, he owned the whole joint. So he like, look, fans ain't coming out as much. People don't want us on primetime TV. They don't want us playing the Thursday night, Monday night games. Hey, it's an issue here. So owner mad at the GM, GM mad at the head coach, head coach. He pointing that everybody trying to see what's the reason we're losing. And it's going to come all the way down to the bottom guy. And they're going to end up cutting them dudes. Damn. And bring it and that's sign in one of the guys they brought in on Tuesday. Yeah, that's crazy. You got to get your kid, you and your family. Guys be married in the league. Kids, you got to pick up and move. Or you get up and move. While, if your kids are enrolled in school, you know, mm-hmm. you got to move and go to another team while your wife stay with the kids. Shoot. Terrible. <laughs> it's terrible, man. So you... um. Played nine years, nine seasons. Your last season, uh, you was hurt a little bit with your ankle. Did that play a big yeah. role in and 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 everything? Like, did you? It, it, yeah, it did. I got a, I got an, uh, you know, doctors took a look at it. I got a second opinion on it, but I wish I got a third opinion from a, a really good doctor. My agent had suggested mm-hmm. um, to me to go to like in training camp. 
is I got an in, ankle injury first preseason game, and it just wasn't healing right. Yeah. The entire season, it never healed. The entire season, there wasn't a day that I ran or even walked that I didn't feel pain in my ankle. The entire season. So I'm like, yo, what can be done? I'm speaking to doctors at the stadium. and Like even when you taped it up, the tape usually keep it in place. And that's still. Yep. So even when I. So here's another whole nother side of the NFL. Even when I would get a. A toradol shot or take a um ibuprofen, which is known to numb the pain, yeah. you know. Um numbs the pain. I wouldn't feel pain, but I well, I would still feel pain, honestly. Or it would just be weak and I couldn't push off. Mm-hmm. I couldn't push off, so I'd be running slower. And then what coupled with that, I was 31, which I'm in my ninth season, I'm 31 years old. They're like, look. You in your thirties, you you old in the NFL. Yeah. So they're like, oh, he getting slower because he older. But that really wasn't it, man. So it was one. It was like a depressing year, and it was hard on my wife. She'll tell you, like, I'm in pain all the time. And when you're in chronic pain, like it gets, it wears on you, yeah. on your attitude, all that. Yeah, I kind of noticed because you was more quiet during that year. Like we came. I think I came to see a game. You were just more quiet. Like it was mellowed out. And it was like you were just passing the time in, in, in the NFL. And I was yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't want to say nothing. It was like I see the difference. Like he wasn't as happy. Just like, all right. Because mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't perform like I usually could. Then we were like early in the season, we were like five and I don't know, maybe five and two. We were like four and oh, four and one, something like that. They're five and two, offense is balling, but defense have been playing bad. And I knew we are a team built on defense. Offense eventually is not going to be balling like this. Mm-hmm. So then eventually we go from like six and whatever. We never won another game. We lost like seven in a row, something like that. When we were first in a division for a while. Uh so yeah, I think I was seeing you and but after games, I I just knew in games I couldn't perform. I was like telling young guys, hey, go play for me. And I see them and they they just weren't able to do it. And I just felt like I was letting the team down, mm-hmm. you know. And it was hard. And even after that season, I said, I'm done with football. I can't even walk without pain. I'm going to Disney World. My family can't walk without pain. Then I finally met that doctor in Indy. He, put, he gave me a... Um, he said, oh, he diagnosed it. He said, hey, this is the issue. You got like uh, every time you walk, it's rubbing up against this in the back of your ankle that's inflamed. So I'm going to shoot it with a cortisone shot to take away the inflammation. So, and then he did it. Immediately, the pain was gone. Wow. And I wish, you know, I wish I could have did that because, you know, for that season and show what I could do. But it's neither here nor there. And you got a new coach and... You had to work out for other teams. Yep. Yeah, I'll see that in the news. They'd be like, oh, he worked out for this person, this person, these coaches. Oh, man. And then you said that was it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because all last year I was working out for teams. Um, I worked out for the only two teams, but I worked out for each of them twice. You worked out for for the Ravens, right? Yeah. First was the Ravens. During training camp, then it was the Jets. At, um, you know, they had a guy injured the next day. 
flew me out there to work out. And you, every workout I go to, you're working out with a, like several other guys that play your position. Mm-hmm. And they try, it's a, it is what it is. Yeah. It's four y'all and they're going to pick one. Yeah, yeah. You know, so tough, each time I, I worked out for the Ravens and the Jets and the Ravens again and the Jets again, and I never got signed. Yeah. Um, and the guys I was working out against, they were good players. I know all of them from the league. And yeah, it is what it is, man. So more more power to them. Yeah. So what was that feeling like not being able to go out the way you wanted to go out? You know, I had old, I've been telling myself through my last four or five years in the league. Uh, maybe even longer. I I've seen guys go out that didn't want to go out that went out. It was a force. Before. Yeah, they were forced to. It happens. I would say ninety five percent of the time. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, shoot, I ain't no, I ain't that special. Like <laughs> I'm gonna probably be trying to play, and they're not gonna let me back in. Mm-hmm. Um. So it hurt. Like I I worked out. Monday through Friday, hard, two hours a day, getting massages every week, waiting for opportunity. Next thing you know, a call from the Jets. Hey, we're, we got a flight for you in two hours. Can you make it? Mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm at the airport. I'm in the hotel. I'm ready to work out, thinking this could be the opportunity, but it's not. It was hard, man. It was hard on me, hard on my wife, because Noel, she's, she knows how much I want it, and it's just hard, you know? Well, it was football. <laughs> yeah, and Oh, just retiring. The way I did it was in December around Christmas, I said, I'm going to stop working out. You know, even if they saw me now, it's like a week left in the season. Mm-hmm. And I just stopped working out, just enjoyed Christmas with, with Noel family in Chicago. Then we went to Disney World in January. And in Disney World, I was with my kids. Like, shoot, I think I'm done. Like, I'm retired. <laughs> like, this is fun. Like, yeah. with my kids, I'm not in pain. And then it was a hard month, though, because it's like, you know, I knew, like, I knew that my identity was not in football. Like, and a good friend told me who, what you do matters, but who you are matters more. Mm-hmm. So, I knew this in my head that, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of God. That's what matters. That's my, that's the best thing I could ever be. But it was still hard because it's like, yo, everybody else been doing something for 10 years mm-hmm. and I'm just stepping into something else. Right. Right. So I'm hearing like even my friends who I went to college with high school with their, their language is changing and what into whatever, their job is like they mm. like they've been working a job for years, you know, and they just are becoming experts at something else, professionals. Yeah. And me, I'm not. So that was hard, man. Transitioning, yeah. So what? I right, you you probably saved your money because you haven't bought anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and you used to watch these guys spend money. He was roommates with uh Michael Johnson. Who, who he was roommates Michael, with? Um, yeah. Uh, you you mm-hmm. with Pac-Man, you'll watch these guys spend money. What um motivated you to save money, like to save your your money? So for me, yeah, I I just never been a big spender like that. I wasn't in the clothes a whole lot, you know. I just wanted a car, like I wanted a new car. We my parents never had a new car, so I bought that once I learned how to drive. Like yeah. 
after my second year, I yeah. bought a, a, a Hyundai Sonata new. It was like 27 grand. Just, you know, <laughs> I just bought a new car, which I don't invite nobody to buy no new car. It don't make sense. Right. Right. You know, buy the year too old. But yeah, I did that. Cause I felt like it, but yeah, um, I just never was into like buying a, I seen somebody buy a Lamborghini for 540 cash. I'm not into spending 540 grand for a car, <laughs> right, you know, right. a house, yeah. or a couple houses. You buy a couple houses. Yeah. You know? So, Stupid, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, just not me, man. But I get it, though, because some dudes, they like, yo, I work so hard. I want to do whatever I want to do. And I get that. Shoot. Yeah. So, I, but for me, that, that wasn't me, man. But I ain't going to sit here. I'm not going to lie. Like when the money is hard with with fast money, mm-hmm. like money come fast, money could go fast. Because even though this might seem little, when I'm going to the gro- when I be going to the grocery store, like my third, fourth year, and the money coming in faster, you know, you only get paid for 16 weeks, yeah. so these checks are huge. Yeah. The money coming in, I'll go to the grocery store, I'll just pay. I don't even know how much the stuff is that I bought. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm buying. I'm not looking where when I was little, we had to buy the fruity rings instead of the fruit loops, you know, for a dollar forty nine. <laughs> Remember? And they came in the yeah, bag. In the bag, yeah. <laughs> I was like, y'all know what King Vitamin is? Yo, King Vitamin tastes better. <laughs> like I grew up bad. Like it was bad. Yeah. And I ain't gonna yeah. lie, fruity rings taste better than fruit loops. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and got sand at the bottom too. Yeah. <laughs> be killing that and give, give me all that. <laughs> right, right. That yeah, right. so I'm just buying. I don't care, Captain Crunch. Like, oh, it's four ninety nine. Finding, I don't care. Like, I'm spending. I'm going like on food. That's one thing I will spend on. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's reckless, you know. And now I'm not in the NFL. I'm looking. I'm counting all our stuff. We buying. You no, know, I see an Amazon box on my porch. Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> what are we buying? Like, you know, I'm talking about my wife but yeah man that i never got into the big spending like that like i have a car my wife got a car like we rich i see because to me that's rich you each got a car like we got a house yeah come on man we got kids yeah you know the extravagant lifestyle wasn't your thing nah i've never been yeah yeah it's not a like, not a stunner. After my rookie year, I went to the uh, like the next week. I was in Atlanta with a friend of mine from college, and we go to a club, right? And it's like, oh, Atlanta clubs, like, yeah. Oh, we go, and there's like three lines. One line is like five dollars. Other line like twenty dollars, and the other line like fifty dollars. Something, you know. We on the five dollar line. It's the super long line. I got the basic line, but I see dudes who I play with. Yeah. A couple dudes, I see them on the long, on the quick line, like they're going up, you know, going right, right in VIP. They on the top stage. Yeah. I'm with the common people, yeah. you know, because I'm like, no, I'm, that's just not me. Yeah, yeah, that's mad funny. When I be telling people, I'm like, yo, nah, he's not what you think. Like he's not a, he's not a Pac Man Jones type. He's not, a, he's not a Hollywood type. Like really? Like, yeah, it's regular living. <laughs> they was like, "That's smart. Yeah. That's smart." So I always like give you a props when it came to that. I'm like, y'all would have been spending. <laughs> you think so? I would have been spending. Yeah. What you would have bought with? 
A car? No, nah, I don't know what car I would have bought, but I know I would have had like a nice house. I would have probably had a house in Miami or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had mad clothes. Like the oh, way okay. OBJ is living, that's how I would have been. <laughs> okay. Like all the nice clothes and court seat at the basketball games. And yeah, I would have been doing all that. <laughs> living crazy. But um, life as a parent, so you have your two, your two girls. How has that uh, changed your life? Made you more patient? Made you more just aware? Yeah, it showed me my insufficiencies, like of lack of patience and how I want my own way. Mm. For real, it yeah. showed me that. Um, because my my daughter's like, you know, my four year old, she's up early. Boom, she she up six in the morning, six thirty in the morning. Right, she just be up every day. Um, coming in our room, running in, just energetic. I'm not a morning person though, so I'm mad. Like she running, I'm mad. I'm like, yo, in the room, you know. <laughs> but then I'm like, should I be yelling at my daughter? Like, would I want someone to yell at me like that? Do I want a man yelling at her? Yeah. When she in her late teens, early twenties? Nah. You know, so it's just so like you just feel like this big sometimes because you like, yo. I make mistakes every day, you know, and I don't, I don't want nothing to, I don't want to do nothing to where it has a lasting negative effect on them, mm. you know? So it's hard. Yeah. It's hard because I mean, I'm not, you know, our culture, uh, you know, is going this way, but we gotta be, I want to be against, you know, against the culture, you know, yes. I want to be, like uh, not, when I say against, I want to be against the. I feel like everything is going this way, but we trying to live this way. You know, we don't. Every, I don't want like our um like black culture. You mean like everybody is living in a, a fast paced life and and I just think American culture. It could be black culture too. Yeah. Like I, we just don't. In general, I just don't want to take the easy way out. The yeah, culture, yeah, yeah. our. You know, in our country, we generally take the easy way. Mm -hmm. For me, taking the easy way with my kids, here, take this iPad and just watch the iPad for several hours. Yeah. So you don't be getting on my nerves. Yeah. Like, hey, let me just turn on Netflix. You just watch this little kids show, all you know, yeah, yeah. all day because it just keep going, you know, yeah, it don't yeah. stop. Yeah. You know, just binge. So they binge watching every day. Yeah. You know, but I, that's I want to go against that, you know. So instead of doing that, let me actually put in the effort to sit with my daughter. And today we, you know, today we practice writing the letter E, capital E. Mm -hmm. You know, she knows how to write it, but I want her to be perfect at it. So I, we write like 40 each. Like I'll write one and she writes one. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we do 40 in a row. I do 40, she do 40. Um, so we, you know, so we doing that, um, doing workbooks. So playing, let me play with them. Let me spend time with them instead of just being on my phone. Yeah. Good, it's man. hard, man, but it's nothing more rewarding to, than when, like, you something you're putting in your child, you see it come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's nothing more rewarding that than that to me, because I think the person you have the most impact on is a child. Yeah. It's your child. Yeah. It's like you could, they're going to grow up and make their own decisions, but you could really mold them. Yeah, yeah. Kind of steer them like, uh, they're going this way, like, uh, move them this way, you yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, life after football. 
What are your plans? Shoot, man. You know, I, this this year I just want to sit back, chill, kind of relax, enjoy family, and just think things through, not rush into anything. Um, but, you know, I just, low-key, I just been doing, like, the stock market a little bit, you know. What you got, Robinhood? You started with Robinhood first? <laughs> nah. I, <laughs> you went all in? Nah, nah, nah. My brother oh. got Robinhood. I, I do, uh, I got a guy advising me, but I do Fidelity. Oh, yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. You know, I just, I basically buy funds. Yeah. You know, yeah. I buy a whole fund, like an ETF. Like, yeah. you know what that is? Like, yeah, yeah I just buy a lot, you know, big funds where it's like, okay, these are large cap, the large stocks. These are middle, these are small. Mm-hmm. And I'll just buy all of them, you know, Dang. because it's kind of like buying. Like if you go to a store, like instead of just buying the Snickers, give me all the, the candy. Pack, you yeah, know, the whole you know, give me all the different types of candy. Yeah, yeah. So if the Snickers go down, like people don't like Snickers as much, but all of a sudden people start liking Kit Kats. Shoot, I'm gonna be cool, you know. Yeah. Whereas if I just buy all Snickers and the Snickers go down, I, I get I lose a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I've been doing that. It's fun though, man. I like that. You watch, now you're watching Dow Jones and all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking to get into real estate. I'm already making low, low key moves. I've been making some moves. Um, that's fun. I've been reading a newspaper. I never like read like this. Like, yeah. <laughs> cause I, yo, I wanted to get involved in like in politics and then Trump won. I wanted like three years ago. I was like, yo, how this happen? Yeah. He liked the apprentice. How do apprentice, you know, the real, the, reality show guy yeah. he's he the president of our country how'd that happen like so i was trying to learn and this dude who a politics guy was like Yo, if you want to learn politics start by reading your local paper because it matter locally way more that's gonna affect you way mm-hmm. more so i've been reading three local papers every week i read it and i've just been learning so much about where i live i learned i'm learning so much about people learning more about politics learning more yeah all that Man. so that's me right now. And then, you know, I'm thinking of getting involved in, you know, maybe as a football coach. I don't know. I got different thoughts in my mind, man. Oh, yeah. How has the quarantine been overall? It's been tough. Um, it's been tough and very rewarding. The tough part has been because we're used to i'm used to taking my daughters everywhere yeah yeah you know we'll go to sky zone to go go jump they just go jump as long as they want or for a half hour jump or we'll go to recreation outlet where they got swings and trampolines and basketball hoops we we go you know i would go all these indoor places but now all that was closed and they gotta go on amazon and buy (laughs) <laughs> that's the box. That's the Amazon box. <laughs> Man, we go on. We we bought like a blow up pool. Yeah. So we bought that for them. Um, they got like a little water table where they just mixing water. And yeah, so just dealing with them every day. It's been tough. Like the school part, I like that, but yeah. just the part of like. My oldest daughter, she commands so much attention. Mm. She always, she don't want, she don't play by herself. Mm. You know, she, she has to be with mommy, daddy, or her sister. Yeah, yeah. So 
that's been tough, man. But the rewarding part is we getting closer as a family. That's good. Yeah. Because you've been, you've been thinking, away for all this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you true. know? That's so good. that's been great. I've been, we go through Bible verses. Like once a week, we do a new Bible verse. So they know, like, they got like 14 verses that they've learned. Yeah. So they memorized it. So they go up every day. They go on uh, by the chimney. My oldest, my four-year-old, go up first. She'll say a verse. And my set, my two-year-old go up. She'll say a verse. Wow. You know, that's, and that's it's cool because cool we don't realize how much children can understand and and memorize. Yeah, they brains. Their brain is we open, don't, man. Yeah, you teach yeah. Spanish and French all <laughs> all like two I, weeks probably. <laughs> I probably could. Yeah, <laughs> but um. It was good having you, man. It was, it was a good interview. I might do a two-part for this because it's like almost two hours. But um, any last like advice for somebody just coming up from Far Rockaway, from the from the hoods or trying to make their way out of it? Any advice? Yeah, man. Um, number one, I say keep grinding, man. Just mm-hmm. keep fighting. Um, keep fighting. Find a, a mentor, find someone you can, and it don't even have to be formal where like, hey, you're my mentor. I'm going to meet with you once a week. No, nah, just find somebody who's walking the path that you want to walk, mm-hmm. um, the right path. Try to discern as best as you can what the right path is. Find that person and just do what they do. You know, they might not have the time to sit down with you and talk ABC to you, but maybe just find out like, hey, what you do to get where you at? You know, and you know, just make it important to you, and um, you know, earn the you know earn the right to be confident, and yeah. then be confident. So put in that work, whatever with schoolwork, put it in the work. Yeah. Even if you feel like, why am I learning this math or this subject? I'm never going to use this. It's really not about you using it. It's really about you learning how to sit down and listen to someone else and do what they say. Yeah. because that's a big part of the world we live in. We all got to honor authority. Uh, so, yeah, I would say that, man. And uh, yeah, just keep grinding. Keep getting it, man. Yeah. That's the big thing. Yeah, you got to keep grinding. That's what I respect most, man. A person that's grinding and getting to where they want to get and not choosing the easy way out, that's it. Yeah. yeah. But thank yeah, you, Vinny, man. Oh, no, you about to yeah. say something. No, no, I was just going to say it's, it's so easy to choose the easy way. Uh, coaches would say, don't be like water. You know, meaning like if I'm on defense, running under the block, that's the easy way. Yeah. Instead of going through the lineman's face, yeah. you know, trying to dodge him. Yeah, yeah. You always say, don't be like water. Don't go the easy way. So it's so easy to go the easy way. It's natural in our yeah. bodies to want to do something easy, to give in. Yeah. But yeah, man, try to, you know, I would say get with other people who not giving in. No. But man, thank you again. This has been a great episode. They they, they learned it from your start to your finish and to where you at now. So that's good. Yeah, they learned some things that nobody really know about me for real. Like good, man. I told you some stuff I like nobody even knows. So yeah, man. I'm glad. It's cool. Hopefully it can help somebody, you know. Yeah, it's definitely gonna help somebody. I got an IG too. I just don't be on there that much. But (laughs) I'm gonna put it on the I'm gonna put it on the um on the cover art. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know my IG off the top. <laughs> it's at, let me just put it in Vinny. Vincent Ray. Vincent. 
I think it's underscore like once every it's Vincent Ray fifty seven. I really be on Twitter though. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, so Vincent Ray forty seven. I'll put that. (laughs) Okay, fifty seven. Fifty seven. Yeah, yeah. Yo, somebody got your jersey number now. How you feel about that? Dude, he got it, man. I hope he repping it for real. Nah, he he was. He a linebacker. He yeah. he did the thing last year. He's, all right. he, yeah, I, I think he's gonna be that guy this year. All right, yeah. He, he's all right. Yeah, I was looking at him. He's all right. I was like, yeah, he got he got big and fast. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, man, again. This will be our Thursday. And that's been an episode with Vincent Ray.